Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Audio Podcast. So I live half my year here in Nashville, Tennessee, and if you know anything about Nashville, you know that one of its esteemed universities is Vanderbilt University. And I love Vanderbilt. I love the students at Vanderbilt. I've lectured at Vanderbilt. I've taught. I've attended baseball games. I have lots of friends who are proud of their Vanderbilt degrees and what have you. It's always been liberal. Uh, Theologically, that's fine. I don't have to have total religious agreement with the school before I can love it or appreciate it. But man, has Vanderbilt done something stupid recently. Uh, Vanderbilt University in January of 2012, earlier this year, in the year in which I'm speaking, instituted a policy that's been dubbed the all-comers policy. Um, And in an attempt to implement a version of equality and non-discrimination, Vanderbilt has instituted a policy that prevents campus groups from selecting members and leaders based on race, gender, sexual orientation, or religion. Now, That sounds kind of broadly good and American and civil rights oriented. The reality, however, um, is that essentially, I'll keep my eye largely on the issue of religion. Um, Essentially what it means is that uh, a, a group on campus that might be a religious group has to be open to people who are not of that religion being in their leadership. Now, I mean, I certainly understand, I think I understand what they're attempting to do. I mean, if Vanderbilt doesn't want to, you know, sanction organizations that are anti-woman or something, or the KKK, obviously you, by, by requiring that you be open to every race and gender and so on, you, you certainly are requiring a certain level of, of, uh, of equality. And, and we all know that that's, that's good, and we all know that Still, it has to be applied on a cautious, wise, case-by-case basis. There's no one-size-fits-all policy that's going to make this work. Here's the problem, though. By by implementing this bigger-than-all-outdoors kind of policy, Vanderbilt has essentially said that the the many, the, the dozens of religious organizations on campus have to be open to having members who are not only members, but but leaders uh, not of that religion or perhaps of a completely opposite belief system or they can't stay on campus. Now, I just let me just break this down. That means that a Baptist organization, for example, Baptist Christian organization on the Vanderbilt campus has to be open to having in its leadership an atheist or a Buddhist or a Muslim or uh, the Islamic organization. By the way, they're as upset about this as uh, as are the Christian organizations. So this is not just you know right wing evangelicals belly aching. Uh, the Islamic organization has to be open to having, let's say, me if I'm a Vanderbilt student in its leadership when I'm not a Muslim. Uh, this is this seems to me to be unbelievably silly, and so as a result. Dozens of organizations have had to leave the campus. That means literally not uh, have be housed on, not be based on the campus. And uh, this this includes a wide variety of organizations. Um, uh, the uh, Asian American Christian Fellowship, uh, the Navigators, 
um, graduate Christian fellowship, Bridges International, Every Nation Ministries, uh, Beta Upsilon Chi, Christian Legal Society. I mean, we could go on and on and on uh, with who's gotten uh, basically the boot here from this. Um, it's it's really pretty pretty sad. Uh, the Medical Christian Fellowship, grad, uh, the, all, just the Lutheran Student Fellowship, a number of Roman Catholic organizations, um, and and also a number of, of uh, Islamic uh, organizations. Why? Uh, because you ha- if you stay on the Vanderbilt campus, you have to be willing to have a person not just as a member now, but as a leader who is not of your religion. When in fact, of course, that's the whole reason for the organization to begin with. Now, I, I think this is Vanderbilt's attempt to be um, to enforce some kind of equality, uh, but it is an unwise, ham-handed, heavy-fisted, dictatorial uh, policy that's not going to work. It's just not going to work, um, and and of course, it it assumes that uh, something is equal or fair, or a civil right that is absolutely unworkable. Um, let, me, let me give you an example. I'm, I'm ethnically Native American. So if we have a Native American organization of Vanderbilt students, are, are we required to have a non-Native American in our leadership when it's a Native American organization? Is a, is a track club required to have a, a, a young man, perhaps in a wheelchair, as its president, they might want to, but are they required to be open to that possibility when the whole point of the organization uh, is attractive? If I'm a Vanderbilt student, can I insist on being included in the leadership of, let's say, a gay Christian organization when I'm not gay? You, you see the problem? It, it's not just bias against evangelicals on campus. It's bias against every kind of organization that is devoted to some kind of a philosophical purpose. And that's where the problem comes in. Now, if it's an organization that's so broad, it doesn't matter. Um, if it's an organization that is, let's say, uh, you know, the, 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 P, the political peace organization or uh, Greenpeace. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't so much matter what your religion is. It doesn't so much matter what your ethnicity is, what your gender is, what your sexual orientation is, etc. But, but obviously... In an organization that is comprised of people of a certain sexual orientation, again, I'll use the example of a gay or a gay organization, uh, or a religious organization that is comprised of people of a certain religion, isn't it obvious that they will want in their leadership people of that religion and of that sexual orientation? Well, sure. So now what's going to happen is I think some folks are going to get hacked off on the Vanderbilt campus, and they're going to say, well, I'm going to go to the uh, gay uh, student union or whatever, this gay organization, the gay fraternity, and I'm going to insist on being considered for leadership when I'm not gay. Well, it, 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 people get angry like that, and they do things like that because there's an inherent bias in what's being proposed. And the reality is there is no one-size-fits-all approach to uh, non-discrimination. There is no one policy that's going to fit everything. What Vanderbilt should have done is simply go to each organization and make sure that they're not being unduly bigoted in who they consider for leadership and for uh, membership. All of this came about because one student was upset uh, that he was not considered for leadership in a given organization, a religious organization, because of his sexual orientation. Well, uh, again, I have to say, if that's the Baptist Christian Fellowship, and I don't even know if there is one, I'm just making that name up, and by the way, I'm not Baptist at all, 
but if that's the Baptist Christian Fellowship and they they are people who try to live out biblical ethics, well, then a person who's gay is not going to be in line with that. But then at the same time, neither is the Baptist going to be in line with the gay organization. This is the diversity we ought to have. You have diversity by allowing difference. You have tolerance by allowing difference. People are going to differ, and they're going to gather according to their differences if they so choose. And it's not bigotry for them to do that. In fact, I don't even think it's bigotry for there to be women's organizations and men's organizations. I mean, I don't know Vanderbilt extremely well, but I imagine there's some university women's organization, and I'm not a member. Why? I'm not a Vandy grad. I'm not a woman. That makes perfect sense to me. But apparently that kind of status is going to be challenged. I guess you'll have men in the women's university women's organization. It just doesn't make any sense. So what it's done is it's angered people. It's driven dozens of organizations off campus. I know of students who have chosen not to go to Vanderbilt now because of this, because they don't want to go to a school that is maintaining that view. There's a move in the state legislature to partially defund Vanderbilt University. I think that's unwise. Unfortunately, our governor is going to uh, going to uh, not, he's not going to sign that, of course, he's going to veto it. Uh, it. It's just a lot of rancor when really it comes down to maybe one or two organizations that needed to be corrected by the dean of students. But no, Vanderbilt, very typically, I need to say, has dug in and several of the deans have said, we stand by our policy. Now, on the one hand, this doesn't affect me. I'm not faculty. I'm not student. I don't have a student there. But I will say that this approach to an assumed non-discrimination policy is in fact a form of discrimination and not just against uh, conservative sort of right-wing Christians, if in fact that was the target, it's going to boomerang against everybody. It's unwise. It's not going to carry us into the future. It's not going to create the tolerance, the diversity that we're looking for. And it does not fit the wisdom of a great university. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular speaker, a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox Cable News and CNN, and a blogger for the Huffington Post. His groundbreaking books on faith and American politics include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Faith of Barack Obama, and the upcoming The Mormonization of America. You can learn more about Stephen at www.mansfieldgroup.com or connect with him on Facebook and on Twitter under the name Mansfield Writes. The Stephen Mansfield Podcast is produced by Isaac Darnell for Chartwell Literary Group. Thank you.